I want to scream from the rafters every time I talk to a client going, what the heck are we doing? Let's try and solve the problem. And if we're going to try and get to solve the problem and get to behaviors, we got to focus at the social environment and the leadership environment. Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is one of the most fun episodes I've done with Ronnie. He goes on an extended rant about really what the heck are we doing in compliance when he wants to focus on culture, not the minutia of compliance programs. It's a great rant. It's a great story. And more importantly, it's something you need to consider for your compliance program. Quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with Creativity in Compliance. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman back for another episode of Creativity and Compliance. Welcome back, Ronnie. Hey, good to be here. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Well, baseball season is here, so we're going to do some podcasts before we talk about the Astros and the Cubs. But, Ronnie, about 18 months ago, the Department of Justice in the form of the Deputy Attorney General, Lisa Monaco, said that the DOJ would start assessing corporate culture. And every enforcement action since then, there has been some language around corporate culture. And you and I have talked over the years about the various aspects of a best practice compliance program, of course, tone at the top, training communications, risk management, risk assessment, et cetera. But now we have the DOJ saying, you know, it's really culture. So how do you communicate to a client when they come to you with a request to do a series on risk assessment when it's really about culture? Well, so I love that the DOJ said that, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, we're always a good yin and yang where you can kind of help out with some of the legal the legal requirements. And 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 most of what I do is, is work in the realm of corporate culture. But I, I had a, an epiphany the other day because most of the clients who come to me, I tell them to describe their program. And I would say 90% of the things that they talk about when they describe their program have nothing to do with actually solving the problem. (laughs) This drives me crazy. They talk about, you know, monitoring and risk assessments and standards and controls and policies and procedures. And, And even if they're talking about training and communication, the emphasis is on measurement. All of these things are important. None of those things have anything to do with corporate culture. It's mostly about, you know, assessing where you are, tracking and showing the DOJ what you did so that you won't get in trouble. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's not 100% that, but you get what I'm saying. It, it's all focusing on, like, making sure you have something in place and then uh, not thinking at all about how those things actually impact how people do what they do. I would argue that, that what, we're, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to stop people from doing bad things or said in a positive way. We're trying to help. We want our employees to live up to our values, right? This is what we're trying 
to do. We want to stop people from from doing these bad things that we know there's some percentages are going to do. Um, but 90% of our resources go into these other things that have nothing to do with, with addressing that. Even the training, you know, as we say, the training, if it's focusing on measurement, we know that e-learning is, 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 uh, is bad most of the time, right? It's long, it's boring, it's infrequent, and it's uh, focusing on, you know, the, the, the quiz that you get right there that and if you get it wrong, you get to take it again, and then they can show that measurement that everyone got it and that they know right from wrong. So, yeah, I get that's important, but it doesn't get at behavior at all. It actually is a negative influence on behavior because employees think that you don't care. <laughs> so to say a little more, if we're, we know, I want to scream from the rafters every time I talk to a client going like, what the heck are we doing? Let's try and solve the problem. And if we're going to try and get to solve the problem and get to behaviors, we got to focus at the social environment and the leadership environment. Right. Social environment, your your culture. Um, we know that environment affects what we do. We need group think to work for us and not against us, which means we need people to feel psychologically safe. They need to feel comfortable bringing up bad news. They need to feel a sense of organizational justice. They need to know about all the speak up reporting channels. They need to know that when bad things go down, that there will be repercussions. So the way to get at that social environment is we have to communicate more frequently about the about the um, support system, speak up reporting channels. You can talk to leadership. You can talk to ethics compliance. You got to make ethics compliance a trusted resource. You have to share stories about what happens when bad things go bad and, and, and show the, the, you know, that there'll be an investigation and they'll, and this is what happens afterwards. And you need to do that more frequently than we do it in shorter increments so that we can get, we can change the behaviors by getting at, they would say like, you know, short and frequent is better than long and infrequent, right? You know, like the advertising philosophy, you got to do things over and over and over again, because the default is people don't think that. And then, so that's the social environment. And then leadership environment, we got to train leaders and then we got to get leaders to train other people. So if I'm starting a program from scratch, I'm thinking all about the ethics compliance brand. I'm thinking about shortening seat time on training and increasing comms and awareness. I'm talking about training leaders and then packaging up information to give the leaders and getting them to deliver the information, you know, see one, do one, teach one, like get it out of the, there's a lot of them and there's a few of you. All of this has a better, all of these things, if we spend all our money doing that, you'd have to spend a lot less money on those other things because you'd be, you'd be stopping more problems before they occur and not worrying so much about, okay, when, when things go down, we'll be able to tell the DOJ that this, that we train everybody when you know what you did isn't helping anybody. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of my rant. What do you think? Well, let me let me go back to the leadership part. How do you help a leader, number one, see that it really is culture, but more importantly, it's trust? And then how do you advocate that they actually not talk that talk, but walk that walk? 
Well, it's a process, right? So first of all, if you're, if you had a, you know, a dollar to spend, I would first, I'd spend it on the things that I talked about, communicating the support system to everybody and training leaders. Like that's step number one to me. And so part of it is, you know, you got to put them through, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say training and communications, right? You have to say you have additional responsibilities. Um, you're not alone. You're supported. So when you find things, we need to address it. You need to encourage people to, to speak up more regularly. And, and if there's a problem, get, get help. So you need to have that, the, those initial trainings, right? And hopefully you do that in a way that is short, thoughtful, empathetic, interesting, provocative, entertaining, right? You want to do that and reinforce that. And then the next step is, you know, once you get buy-in, is you got to find interesting ways to involve them. Uh, one of the, the services that my company has been doing the last year or two is we've been doing these uh, Zoom-style talk shows where we, we create a, you know, it, it's not different than these podcasts that you do, Tom. Like, we, you get an interesting host that interviews leaders about the importance of speaking up and integrity. So you're getting leaders to actually mouth the words that it's important to them and involving them in that. The other way we've been helping clients do this is we give them short commercials for compliance and speaking up and we have them push it out in their teams calls or their zoom calls. So just, you know, periodically when they're having their check-in or weekly check-in meeting, they have to play the 60 second thing. We're trying to get away from leaders rolling their eyes and going, blah, 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 compliance, blah, 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 you know, whatever, hit your numbers, hit your numbers, hit your numbers. Like, so there does need to be an upfront investment in getting them to think differently, but mostly if you make them responsible for it and you help them do it in a way that makes them look good, meaning the stuff that you're giving them is interesting and, and part of the, we're all in this together vibe, you have a better likelihood that they're going to do it and, 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 and do it well. Now, let me turn to the non-executives. And I want to go back to one of our earlier podcasts where we talked about Do It Right Rick, who was a character you created for one of your clients. So Do It Right Rick encouraged and modeled behavior, which encouraged employees to, number one, do the right thing. Two, also, they had a question or needed help. They could raise their hand and ask for help or they could speak up. So you've got that in place. Say you've got that in place. But there's another component you talked about, which is the institutional justice and the institutional fairness part. So an employee raises their hand and speaks up. They trust that they won't be retaliated against. They trust that they won't be laughed at. They trust that their idea will at least be considered fairly. And so how do you get middle management to work with compliance to do that step to build trust? Or I heard a phrase from a European I interviewed this morning. He said, you lose trust. When you lose trust, a horse horse gallops away. To gain trust, somebody walks very slowly back. So, how do you well gain or regain that trust? I mean, this is like this is what we're all about, right? In the compliance community, this discussion that you question you just asked. I mean, that's the whole game, as far as I'm concerned, right? You know, if you're if you're again doing these other things, which again are do have value, they're just not as important is getting it the the concept of organizational justice and trust. 
because we know the default is you, you actually said say that they believe that no they don't believe that most employees do not they're they're they don't they hear ethics compliance and they make a face right they i mean i I'm out in the world. I talk to my friends all the time about what I do. And they're like, and I'm like, your company has a confidential hotline. They're like, you mean like HR? Like they don't, people don't know. We think in our community that they know, they don't know. And part of the reason they don't know is because the way that we're communicating it and training about it is, is, is awful. It's, it's boring and it's in corporate and legal speak and they just don't pay attention. Right. So I don't take your premise at face value, the, the whole game is more continuously communicating the support system and doing that in interesting ways so that you can, A, get them to pay attention and reinforce it over time. You also then, you know, so compliance has to walk the walk. They have to be more thoughtful and collaborative with the business. <laughs> so, you know, you can't, if you force yourself to be invited to the meeting, they're going to, you know, do the roll your eyes thing. But if you, if you make it interest, if you give them interesting things to deliver and you deliver, if you deliver interesting training and communications, they're more likely to, to be, to like you and to trust you. And then you have to add value when you're in the room, right? They have, you have to, have, you have to, you have to, I want to do a whole podcast on, on yes and, but you have to be a yes and. You have to say, I understand your needs and I'm going to help you do that because, because it's better for us to win business the right way and here are some tools and resources to help you help your team. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit all, of the, all over the board, but let me try and summarize. Communication awareness to everybody in a variety of fun ways, spending a lot of time with, with leadership and management you know, one-on-one time and those and zoom calls and those kinds of things to educate them and then pre-package things, the meeting in a box that helps them deliver that information or, or create properties like these talk shows that involves them in the process. And then this is a, something that has to happen over a period of time, right? Years. It's a constant battle to, to stay above the fray so that, cause everybody thinks they have integrity, but we know most people don't speak up when problems occur because they don't trust leadership or they don't think about it or they're bored, annoyed or afraid. Right. So we need to undo that with these interesting, this is why entertainment is important uh, so that we can, you know, get at that culture over time. Ronnie, unfortunately we're near, near the end of our time. If our listeners wanted more information on yourself, your company or, or any of the topics we touch on, where would you suggest they go? Well, sure. You could, they can always contact me at learningsentertainments.com. It's the word learning with an S, entertainment with an S. And, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and social media and stuff like that. So they're welcome to reach out. I love talking about this stuff. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't involve our solutions, but the whole philosophy, it's important to have the right philosophical approach, I think. And then it helps us spend money more wisely. So I'm always happy to talk about that. Ronnie, I look forward to continuing this conversation. All right. Bye, everybody. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Creativity and Compliance. I've linked to lots of information on Ronnie and his company, Learnings and Entertainment, in the show notes. So if you'd like any more information on the topics of this podcast, please check out the links in the show note. Creativity and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.